When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bove and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. All right, post-game, it's always game day in Buffalo. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, WGR Sports Radio 550, WKBW. Nice catch, nice catch. Thank you, sorry about that. Nice catch. All right, so... I have to, I'm, I'm, I say this anyway, people on the radio listen to me know this, but I'm just going to say it here. Like I avoid my mentions on Twitter after losses, mm-hmm. not because I, I just, it's a, you know what show. Yeah. And I, and I apologize to those who want to have thoughtful, meaningful conversation discussion. I apologize to you for that, but I just can't do it, Matt, because I, I even peaked. This is why I even peaked once I wrote my arrow up, arrow down column. I posted it in the very first reply, two words, fire McDermott. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when you lose. Fired Kent Dorsey, fire Sean McDermott, fire everybody. Everything sucks. Everything stinks. You got to have new coaches. Listen, I'm not telling you the coaches weren't great. Were great today. I don't think they were. I think Ken Dorsey's got to do a better job. I said arrow down. I gave one to Sean McDermott. I gave one to Ken Dorsey. You can't allow that to happen at the end of the game. You got to start early, fourth and two, all that stuff. But holy cow, you got to make plays sometimes. Yeah. Right? Like, I mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I can't tell you here. That Sean McDermott did anything wrong on the screen pass to Stevenson. That's the players have to make a tackle. Yeah. Okay. I'm somewhere in the middle. I agree with you. Like the the I guess it's overboard. Fire McDermott, fire Dorsey, all that stuff. I think especially with McDermott. Yes. But the Dorsey conversation is interesting to me. It is getting a little different, isn't it? It's getting a little different. And it makes you wonder. What happens? I remember sitting in Detroit last year for one of those back-to-back games. I think I think it was the Browns game. And the offense was just flat. They scored a touchdown late in the half, and they ended up winning the game, and they looked good in the second half. But I remember sitting there and just wondering, like, how long is the leash on Ken Dorsey? Like, how much wiggle room does he have? And they figured it out for a little bit, and then it was fine. And a lot of it was, hey, it's his first year. But what if this turns into a trend? It already is a trend. It's already three games. 
How many like more? At what bad- point? At what point do you really say like we got to make a we got to do something here? Listen, it's not going to be Sean, and it's not going to be Josh. Right. Of course. So not. naturally, it's going to be Ken Dorsey. If it gets to that point, I don't know. I, I don't know what the if there's like a tangible way of explaining when that's going to happen. If they have another bad game against the Bucks, and you've got an extra little time, do, do you make the move then? Do you do one more? I, right. I, I don't know the answer to this. For the sake of the Bills, you hope that it never gets to this point. And I want to point out to fans, after the game, Sean was asked in the postgame presser, how confident are you in Ken Dorsey going forward? He said, very confident. Now, he's going to say that anyway. I get it. Mm -hmm. I agree with you that, and I want to be clear, just to back up what I said two minutes ago, I'm not telling you we can never have the discussion about moving on from Ken Dorsey. I'm not saying that. What I am Mm -hmm. telling you is, though, every single failure of the offense isn't on the coach. Players have to make plays. Josh Allen has to make a couple of throws he didn't make. He can't make the first play of the game was all Josh Allen. That is not Ken Dorsey calling an interception. Uh-huh. There was a Josh Allen made a bad read on the first yeah. play of the game. Yeah, but I know. at some point, even if you think like I do, hey, this is a lot on players. It's not just on coaches. Even if you think like me, at some point, new voices, new ideas, they can matter. It's on the players, and it should always be on the players more than anybody. But the players have to be in positions to succeed. And right now, it does not look offensively like they are putting guys in positions to consistently succeed. And I know that there's missed execution plays. The deep one to Diggs. The one a couple plays later to Diggs. The one rolling to his right to Davis. But those are plays that require Josh to be perfect. And that was the thing that was always so impressive about Brian Dable. That on a fourth and two, you knew they had a play that was going to work. And everything seems so complicated now. And it doesn't feel like they've got any just like get out of jail free plays that they know they can count on. And it's, you know, fourth and five or seven or whatever it is on the play where Dawson, you know, doesn't bring that ball in. But like, why are there all of their options 15 yards down the field on a fourth and set? Why are we trying to stretch the field there when you need seven yards? You know, it's funny. I had this teacher when I was in elementary school or middle school and would play like gym softball and obviously three outs and then you switch. And even if you had two outs and you say like you were trying to turn a double play, he would like run out onto the field and he'd be like, that's it. Three outs. He's like, how many outs did you need? How many did you have? He wouldn't let you like go for the extra stuff. And I thought about that today because I'm like, how many yards do you need? Seven. Get somebody eight yards down the field and let them make a play. Uh, Don't right. try and further complicate things. You're talking about the one in the you talking about the one late, I think it was fourth and three only even. Was it four? No, they converted on that one. That was to Kincaid. Talk, I think the only one they didn't convert on was Dawson Knox. Yeah, but I thought that was longer than that. I thought it was like No, I think it was only six. a fourth and three. But well, look, I'll look. It's either way. It's, it's either, go ahead, e- yeah. either way. The point is still right because if you look at the screenshot, there's nobody right at the first down marker. No, and it happened on multiple plays today where it was like, even if it was third and seven or third and six or whatever it was, and it's not just today. It's been a reoccurring theme, and this will right. be one where you can go look at the all 22 and you can say like, oh, look, there's that guy who's open and he's only eight yards down the field, but if that guy is all the way on the left side of the field and Josh is rolling to his right, that's a 50-yard throw to try and gain six yards. Like, that doesn't make any sense. It's it like, was only fourth and two, by the way, from the fourth and two. And how, but it seemed and I, like it because everybody was further down the field. I don't disagree with you. I get you. Way I get further you. down the field. It's just, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want you to be so boring that you just turn around and hand but, it to your running back. But you should have some sort of success, right? Yeah, let me ask you this. Um, or at least bring it up here in some capacity. Like another game of Josh probably having 
ability to run that he didn't. That one there at all on that play at all. I think he might have been able to run for the first down if he he leaks out right or left. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know what they've told him. They probably told him, Josh, don't run. We need you to run later in the season. But on those, it, it should be like, don't run on first and second down or third and 40. But I don't know, on fourth down, on third down, like, don't you think that's when your guy needs to make plays? After the Bills game, because I wasn't there today, I watched the Chiefs play. I'm watching Mahomes run all over the place and make all of these things, do all this stuff that Josh is absolutely capable of doing. But it almost feels like it has been coached out of him. And that's another reason why the offense is struggling because they are their most dangerous and they are their most dynamic when they pose a threat of Josh running. And when you know he's not going to run, then you know you only have to stop him as a passer, and he's not his best version of himself there. Let him be the – I understand the thought I, I process behind it, but I don't, I don't agree with it. Well, um, so Josh was officially only sacked once. He had six times he was hurried. But I didn't think the offensive line played very well. I thought this was no. one of their more poor games. And this is against a defense that does not have good pass rushers right now. Their yeah. top two pass rushers are both out in Judon and Uche. And I thought Osiris Torrance was probably his worst game, mm-hmm. uh, maybe at least since the Jets. I mean, he wasn't great against the Jets, but you know, he was he was serviceable. This game out, he he made some he did some nice things, but he he did, he had a couple times where he had missed some blocks. He had you know uh, position he should have been in better. I thought Deion Dawkins had a couple like that as well. I didn't think this was a good game for the O-line. No, I don't think so either. I think it was for the first time. It looked like, I don't want to say it was a problem, but it certainly did not look like it was holding up. And I know that Josh, you said, was only sacked the one time, but it felt like there were way too many instances where he was stretching plays and rolling to his right or occasionally rolling to his left to try and extend a play. And it just was not, it, it didn't lead to high success rates for them, offensive, especially in the first half, obviously. No doubt. All right. Well, the Bills fall to four and three. I mean, not not a record you want to have right now, but no. look, I mean, it, it's a long season. We know that. We could say that right now as we speak, the Dolphins are trailing 17-10 at halftime. Of course, Tyreek Hill with a long touchdown catch on a mm-hmm. third down right before halftime. But, I mean, if you're a Bills fan, you really want the Dolphins to lose this game, obviously, so the Bills can stay within one game of them. Otherwise, they're going to be two games back. They'll be six and one. In the meantime, here come the Chiefs. <laughs> All right, the Chiefs now six and one on the year and taking a stranglehold of the West and of the number one seed, especially if uh, Miami winds up um, w- losing this game. The Bills are currently in the seventh spot for a playoff spot. They're at four and three. It's a long season. They have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night. One mm-hmm. really good piece of news in this, man, this game. I did not get one official injury report on the sidelines for the Bills. Interesting. Good, certainly. So I, I also game coming up in four days. Mm -hmm. I think they got out really healthy. I also wonder the guys that missed and Damian, not including Damian Harris. I mean, the main one I'm talking about is Ed Oliver. Would Ed Oliver have been close, but because you have a short week, you wanted to make sure that he's available for the next game. Now, if that was your logic, it did not work because you probably thought you were going to be able to get a win without him. And now you didn't. And now I I agree, but I think you could make an argument. It doesn't have to be, you think you can get a win. I think it's, if he plays and he aggravates it, you could be out Mm -hmm. longer term. But if he doesn't play, you got him for Thursday and 10 days later against the Bengals. Sure. Okay. It goes both ways. Right. So you no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. You're not, I don't think you're holding him out because you think, hey, we're going to win this game. I think mm-hmm. you might hold him out thinking, we just don't want to have something happen where we lose him for multiple games. Yeah. Is this the last game before the deadline? It is, right? It is. The trade deadline. The Bills are in a good spot here because they get to play 
three days before the trade deadline, whereas most teams have to play and have the trade deadline the next day. While Bills will play four days, and that's two days for every other team. Will so. they make a move? Hey, everyone. This is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I feel like they're going to make a trade of some sort. I don't know. Remember last year they did Naeem Hines, right? But Matt, I just don't know what they have. They don't have money to make moves. What, what do you? They have no salary cap space. To, they're going to bring somebody in, like some corner that costs a lot of money, or a linebacker, or a wide receiver. You you got to make a move and then redo the contract. Like that's a lot of complicated parts there. And I don't know. And even then, I mean, most people will be like, I'm not. No, no, you can trade for my contract. You're paying me, right? So I, yes, I have a feeling they'll make some sort of trade. I just people are going to be mad because they'll be sitting there. On what Wednesday morning, going? I can't believe Brandon Bean didn't do anything. Well, uh-huh. tell me what the cost would have been and how they're going to afford it. Any players immediately stand out to you of guys that they could go try and target or anything? You know, I mean, people are still talking about Patrick Sertan. I don't know. I didn't think the corners were a problem today, but they could be against other teams down the road. Um, talk about them. People talk about the other guy for Denver, Jerry Judy. Does Jerry uh-huh. Judy help this offense? I don't know. I don't know what he. He doesn't look great in Denver right now. I mean, it'd be a nice, a nice guy to have. Is he playing over Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield or Gabe? Like, what does he do? I don't know. And then, I mean, the one if you could, if you could do something, it'd be Devontae Adams. But the Raiders have said, you know, we're we're not trading him. But that would be a game changer. Do you think Mike Evans is available in any capacity? Since last year, I, I, and he I had don't. to sign an extension. But I mean, if he is, you just you basically just tell him to stay in the hotel in Buffalo after they play. That's what <laughs> I mean. It's around, like right? it's a, it's kind of a big game for them. They're three and three. I, I don't know how much they believe that they're a good team. I, I don't know the answer to that. If they think that they have something there, then obviously they're not trading their top target. But if they're so focused on the future and trying to set themselves up for success down the road, I mean, they didn't sign him before the season. And he basically said, if I don't sign now, like I'm yeah. going to, I think he said that I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think it was basically like, if you don't sign me, I'm going to go try and, test free agency and see what's out there. Maybe I'll come back. The other name that's interesting to me, how about Harrison Phillips? I'd love to have Harrison Phillips back in some capacity because he's Harrison Phillips, but why is he, um, is he because he plays for the Vikings? He's uh, he would have two years left on his deal after this year. So he has after this year, because he signed a four year deal, I believe one year left on his deal. He signed a three year deal. I just think defensive tackle is a problem for them right now. Besides that, Oliver, I think they need somebody else who can line up with him and try and, you know, it wasn't a huge problem today of stopping the run, but it feels like it could turn into a problem. And obviously so you basically swap out like and on the roster, you'd basically swap out him for Puna Ford. I mean, you Basically. wouldn't cut Puna Ford, but he'd no, play over him, right. Based, that's what I'm kind of thinking. Yeah. I mean, they love Terrison Phillips. Love Terrison. Yeah, Phillips. I mean, he's making six point four next year on a base, though. I don't know. You know if you can afford that. I don't think you can. You don't have that much money to do that. But you'd have to restructure something and do something. Yeah, I think the most I don't know if they would do this, but I think the most logical thing is I've I think I've read a Dion extension. Is that probably the easiest way to open up some cap space? You could do that. Yeah. I mean, there are things like well, an extension, yeah, and I think you can convert some you can convert some base salary and things like that. Mm-hmm. I just think six point four seems like a lot. I don't know. But the the numbers matter, the money's matters. The player, yeah, I think that um, you know, he's a Sean McDermott guy, right? I mean, I think yeah. that would that would help. 
But uh, yeah. more than anything, if you're going to make a move, like if you're going all in on this year, I think it's got to be a wide receiver. That's what I think. Probably right. I mean, we've talked about wide receiver a lot, you know, over the last few years, drafting one, finding one somehow, free agency trade. We're back at it again, wide receiver. So let me ask you one other question. Sorry. Yeah. I know we're prolonging this. It's okay. If you were the Bills, would you trade Gabe Davis? No. For, oh, like, I wouldn't either. I'm just saying that would be a very attractive asset for somebody. Yeah, but I don't, it still makes my team worse. And I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. Well, I'm like, okay, if you're the Bucs and you're, oh, li- we're listening, we'll give you a Mike Evans for Gabe Davis and a pick. You making the trade? No. I mean, I, I just don't know how much better I am still. I, I want to add to give me more options, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if you think he's worlds better than him, I guess you could say that. Maybe you do. But, mm-hmm. you know, you're still taking a guy on that you're going to lose next year anyway. So yeah. I think D- Davis is younger. Gabe Davis, he's not a shoe in to leave. He might. No, no, I don't think so you either. I think, here and you I think they want to keep him. Yeah. So, no, I, I'm not eager to trade D- Gabe Davis. I mean, one other name we didn't say yeah. Hunter Renfro. You in? Interested? Is he Care? playing over Deontay Hardy? Is he playing over Dalton Kincaid in the slot? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 not Kincaid, but I don't know how much Hardy is shown. I thought Hardy was going to be utilized way more in this offense than he has so far this season. Way I more. I mean, what did he? Much this year, but no, he's not. No, these at are all. nice names. I, I just, I here, here's when anybody Hardy gives me one these names like you're today. doing. Like, I try to figure out like. Okay, great. These are names, but like, what are they actually doing for this offense? What are they gonna? Where are you putting them? How much are they gonna play? Is it worth it to do that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, you I don't know. know. I, I'll say it this way, Matt. I'd rather elevate Andy Isabella than some of these things. I don't know if I've, I'm there. I mean, I don't know Hunter Renfro. I don't know what he does for me right now. I don't either. But maybe the unknown is the thing that's kind of yeah. like sucking me in i i don't know i, I don't know what they're gonna do but they gotta do something offensively and it just feels like the weapons that they've put there aren't up to the level that they need to be whatever here's what you do you go out and you find whoever has played the best first quarter football of their career and you bring them in here because you need that in the first quarter they need a yeah. guy here they can help in the first quarter all right we gotta we gotta go we gotta get to bed get some sleep we all got uh to wrap up this thing tomorrow and look ahead to the buccaneers on thursday night so you know what the schedule looks like this week uh, for the Bills? Yeah. Um, they are, I believe, they're having their normal Monday Zoom press conferences with Sean McDermott. And then Tuesday will be like a normal Wednesday. Okay. And then they don't do anything? Just like a quick Friday workout on Wednesday? Like Pretty a quick walkthrough, yeah. basically? I believe so, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Made, folks. There you go. It's a weird way. It's a weird, weird, weird week. And then week. Friday will be like a normal Monday next this coming week. Okay. With, and uh, then- Zoom calls after. So Okay. All right. Well, now I got my back on track the following week. And now I got my schedule for the week. So thank you. You got it. All right. From Matt Bovey, I'm Sal Capaccio. Download, listen, subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey app, WGR Sports Radio 550, Sal Sports YouTube page. So you can watch us right here. Say hello and goodbye. And it's always game day in Buffalo.